welcome to worship. So we welcome to the organ bench this morning Christopher Youngblood. And I'm going to do the misbehaved student when the substitute teacher thing happens. You were playing that last song, Give Me Oil in My Lamp. And I'm wondering if we can sing that. Do you know it? Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning, Burning, Burning. Does everybody know that? Maybe from camp and stuff? Let's do that. This is great. <laughs> These services are recorded. So there you go for posterity. Uh, extra silliness this morning. As we gather on this second to the last day of the church here, you will notice that the parables have become more and more urgent. And they have a lot to do with how do we live waiting for Jesus to return? Shining until the break of day, as we just sang, maybe is a good example. So maybe the thing to think about today is, as we stand in place of that person who had the decision what to do with 20 years' worth of wealth, do you bury it for fear of losing it, or do you try to somehow grow it? We'll talk a little bit more about that today. you smell the chili? People are praying already. Oh, may it be a short sermon. So we could... We'll do our best. <laughs> to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. For it is as if someone going on a journey summons the slaves and entrusts the property to them. One is given five talents, another two, and another one, each according to their ability. Then the landowner went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts. The one who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more 
saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents, and see, I've made five more talents. The master said, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents, and see, I've made two more talents. And the master said, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh person, reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you do not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. The master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So, take the talent from him, give it to the one with the ten talents. For all those who have, more will be given, and they will have abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken. As for this worthless servant, Throw them into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Lord. Won't you be seated? Grace and peace to you from an extravagant creator, a lavishly merciful Savior, and a nurturing spirit that brings us together to be the church. That's quite a leap from gnashing of teeth to the good news of our Lord, isn't it? How do we make the leap? This won't be a matter of ignoring or brushing aside, but maybe a reminder about how the good news shows up in the mess, in the ambiguous in the complicated. Think about that third servant for a minute. The amount of wealth that he received to take care of would be about the equivalent of my body weight. Also equivalent to about 20 years worth of wages if you work a six day work week. Doesn't that sound like abundance? Now, what would you do with that? This might surprise you, but in Jesus' time, burying wealth was a sound business practice. If you were to duck back a little bit into the First Testament and some of the writings of Moses, you would learn that interest gaining was a bit suspect, ethically speaking. 
So this parable is a little strange from the outset, but I think it calls us to do some weighing of our own. Is it a matter of protecting what we have or growing what we have been given? As you turn on your internal scale and adjust the tears and such and think about that, I'd like to share a couple of stories. One of them you're already living. A couple of weeks ago, Diane introduced us to a ministry need that she learned about from a friend from the Presbyterian Church that you can actually almost see from where we're standing. You know they're slated to close in two years. That's been made public. And as Diane shared with us, the decision that was made in that congregation was, well, let's just be the church as long as we can be the church. I like to think of it in baseball terms. If you're going to go down, go down swinging. Don't go down looking. And that's what's happening. So one request to use a washroom turned into people being able to go and pick up personal care items, a weekly gathering of about a dozen people who are drinking coffee and they're sharing their joys and their concerns and their hopes and their dreams. It sounds like a lot of growth. What someone has been given has become more. And maybe that gives us a clue about how God likes to operate, too. On our way home from our little vacation, we stopped in Erie, PA. We found out that there's less sales tax on some things and no sales tax on clothes, so you have to shop, right? So there we are, doing a little shopping, and there's this gentleman who has got a shopping cart full of toys. And he engaged us in conversation. And so what could have been one of those excuse me, pardon me moments grew into this full-blown conversation. You'll love this part. The guy's from Welland. What are the odds of running into somebody in Erie, PA who's from Welland? And then he started to talk to us about why he had such a full shopping cart. He has this way about him where he loves to find the good deal and he was in the right place. And so he fills the shopping cart and then he studies the landscape of the area and he finds out who are the people doing the good work these days? Who are the people who are giving toys to kids, for example? And then he contacts them and he brings what he has as a way of growing his own efforts. And it sounds like this guy's been at this a while. He is so passionate about taking something, growing it, and giving it. The guy's name is Philip, by the way. Maybe you know him. <laughs> but he talked about how when he was a, working at the Ford plant, in, he was a, um, a shift supervisor, that they started doing fundraising there, and the bug caught him. And now his life is patterned in that way of sort of scouring for things, gathering them, growing them, and giving them. Now, I didn't ask, maybe I should have, but I didn't ask if he was a religious person or not. 
But somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm thinking somebody somewhere is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I think these two stories allow us to think about our experience here and what we've been given. And it's abundant, if you think about it. We still have time. Health's pretty good for most of us. We have each other. We have God who ultimately watches over us. And so what do we get to do with that? I think that these questions can be framed by the prayer that we pray around here. The Lord's Prayer, where we say, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. What if God answers those prayers abundantly with the expectation that we might grow the gifts for the sake of the other and share those gifts in a world that God so loves? May you hear good news, and may you be it. Amen.